Welcome to Fridays on the Fly. I'm Ward. We are creative people, the creative projects. Sometimes we talk about that, among other things. Be forewarned, sometimes content or language may be inappropriate for children. It is episode 424. 424, a palindrome. Is this the palindrome episode, since the number is a palindrome? No, we're not going to do that. I have completed NaNoWriMo. Completed it for the ninth year in a row. I've done it in 11 years total. At this point, it's just routine. I know every November I'm going to be writing. I do. So NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month. The challenge, write 50,000 words, which is approximately a 175-page novel. I write screenplays. I just like movies better. I I just feel more comfortable writing that. And since it's a personal challenge to write something you wouldn't normally write and, you know, push yourself, well, I do screenplays. And so I went back and I looked to see over this 11 times I've done NaNoWriMo, what have I produced? Well, I've produced five novels, 18 screenplays, which is wild. I mean, 18 screenplays is a lot. When I originally started writing screenplays, I told myself, you know, if I get to 10, I think at that point I should have a good handle on that. Maybe I'll do something with it. So I haven't done anything with that. I've gotten double what I originally set out for. But the thing is, all these are rough drafts, and I really need to go back over them and fine-tune them. And I'm always writing notes kind of in the margins, just notes myself. You know, if the story, if it's easily fixed where, oh, if I have them discover this object in the beginning, it sets up to have it at the end, I'll go back and rewrite it. But going back and saying, oh, all these characters are a little flat. This dialogue needs to be revamped. That's a little more difficult to go back and write. And I do outline. Outlining is very helpful. I mean, with all my stories, usually I'll pick a genre or I'll pick, you know, some some idea I want to write about. And then I'll try to come up with, all right, what do I want to explore? What concept do I want to be in this? And I'll come up with the beginning. And usually I come up with the end pretty early. Like the beginning end come in early. And that really helps because I never get writer's block. I just always write my way through any problem. But knowing where you're headed really helps. So this year I had three different screenplays. The last one, I hate those zombies because zombies are just such an oversaturated market. But as an idea from last year, I needed an idea. I just couldn't come up with anything. Usually I'll try to come brainstorm some ideas before NaNoWriMo starts. This year it just didn't happen. So I did zombies as an idea from last year. Because The Walking Dead, the most prevalent zombie property, they drive around in brand new Hyundai SUVs. They have gas, they have ammo. Where do they get all this stuff? Have they not run out of it? So I wanted to write a story that was a little more realistic in that sense. That you don't have gunpowder. You don't have ammo. You know, it's all bows and arrows and knives, like very primitive weapons. And the nice thing about Google, you can search Google and say, Google, if I wanted to make my own gas, how would I do that? Well, you would distill methanol and you can convert engines to run on methanol in my story they ride around on dirt bikes because i said it 30 years after the zombie apocalypse roads are not going to be maintained it's gonna be tough to get around like the roads will not be smooth you'll need a dirt bike that can go off road that can you know loop around trees if trees fall on the road like it's going to be a mess and i made this a sparsely populated works you're just not going to have people all over the place you know i think the zombies are going to wipe most of the people out found a really cool location to set it I'm not going to tell you because I don't want anybody stealing my idea you know, if I ever do do anything with it. I mean, I've said I would, but it's tough. These are rough drafts. i got to go back over them. I just haven't wanted to. The second story, the second screenplay I wrote, it was kind of a road trip type thing. And that one, I didn't have a good outline. I didn't know the ending until three quarters of the way in, which is unfortunate because it just makes it tough. Part of the reason I never get writer's block is I always know where I'm going. Like, oh, I know we're going this way. Let's just write through it. Because even if it's not the best idea, I'm just going to start writing the first thing that pops in my head and... Either I'll just get through this bump, or I'll be like, oh, this is bad. Like, this is a better idea, and I'll develop something on my own. So three-quarters of the way through, I figured we're going to Cleveland. I know, Cleveland, it's like, really? Cleveland, that's where you have some guy? Well, it is. In this story, that's where they're headed. And so I did go back and rewrite some parts of the story to bump it up a little bit, to set Cleveland in place. 
But this is a road trip store where this guy is hitchhiking. He meets a lot of people. And I have an opportunity to make some really interesting, really intriguing characters that are kind of one-offs that you see for a minute and they're gone. And yeah, I don't know. I haven't gone back and read it, but I don't think I did a good job of that. And I don't know. It's unfortunate. You know, it's, it's like you kind of finish and you're, you put your pencil down, proverbial pencil. I do everything in Google Docs. And you just think, man, I don't think I really got those characters down. I think they could be a lot more fascinating, a lot more interesting. Will I go back and redo it? I'm not sure I will. But that is, that's just where it is. Oh, and the first story is just time travel. I watched Bodies on Netflix. Didn't really like where that went. I wanted to kind of do it right. I think that one, I never quite had a handle on, if you go back in time, what do you do? Like, you know, yeah, you play the stock market. You'd kind of be able to predict the stock market and play it that way. But I felt like I needed something more that I never quite had a handle on. I thought I had some, I mean, I think, I feel like I have some neat ideas and all this stuff. I don't know. I've never, you know, I've never stacked these up against anybody else against anything else. I've read screenplays. Some of the more famous movies and screenplays are well done to get a handle on it, to learn the medium. And the fact is, I've never even gone back and read anything I've written for NaNoWriMo. Not a single word I've ever gone back and reread. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. It lives in that, that bubble. That, uh, what is it? Oh, uh, man. It's the box. Oh, I can't think of it. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, who, okay. who knows? But NaNoWriMo's done. I'm happy about that. And I was curious, you know, think about how much I've written. I know I've been, I'd set out a goal for myself to read more this year, read more books. And so I traced it back to, since July, I've read six books, which I'm like, wow, that's, I've impressed myself. I, you know, I, I don't always read that much, but I really want to make it a goal to just read before I go to sleep, just read Goal is read 10 minutes. Maybe it's five, maybe it's 15. Read 10 minutes. And so I've read a bunch of novels. What have I read? Well, I've read, and this is just what I remember. I was trying to go back. You know, I, I read digitally. I don't read actual books. It's, just, it's easier to do it on a tablet. And I don't know if I read anything the first six months this year. I, the only thing I found that I read in the first six months was The Dark Forest by Sai Zin Liu. Great book, sequel to Three-Body Problem. Turns out Netflix is making a movie, a movie or TV show. I don't know. They're doing something with a Three-Body Problem to come out next year. That may be all I read in the first six months. I don't know. I just can't find anything else. I don't remember anything else. But since July, I've read The Sandman, The Graveyard Book, The Greatest Show on Dirt, some book about the Texas Rangers. I don't remember what. Demon Copperhead, which was, I didn't realize when I started, it was a play on David Copperfield. And then I just finished Andy Ware's Project Hail Mary. Man, I loved that book. I love sci-fi anyway. And Andy Ware is very science oriented and all his math kind of checks out he just wants to get the details right and that book explores evolution and aliens and other life forms and technology and kind of like learning patterns all that stuff biology physiology all those really neat and man like i want to read another andy weir book and you know you have limited selection with these online libraries uh he's written three books the first one was the martian turned into the matt damon movie then he wrote artemis and then he wrote Project Hail Mary. And I just, I just stumbled across Project Hail Mary. I was like, oh, Andy Weir, didn't he write The Martian? He was. That's why I picked that one. So I really wanted to read another one of his books. I thought, oh, I'll read Artemis because I've seen The Martian. That's probably good enough. Artemis is not available on any of the digital libraries I have. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to read The Martian because I really want to read his books. And you know what? The Martian, uh, I think I'm a quarter of the way in. That's really good, too. And it's kind of fun to read it, read the book because it's set up a little bit different from the movie. But... So far, I'm like, man, the movie really captured the essence of the book rather well. I believe I've read somewhere that the movie is a little more, has a little bit more ridiculous ending than the book. I'll find out when I get there. Cause I think I remember how the movie ends. But yeah, I've, I've read a lot. I've impressed myself with that. Still watching a ton of movies and stuff. I always do. 
And something I meant to discuss that I just, I keep thinking like, oh yeah, I'm going to mention on podcast and I keep forgetting is The Fall of the House of Usher. That is from Mike Flanagan. And I've just really enjoyed all of, I think all of Mike Flanagan's TV shows, miniseries, a lot of his movies. He just, he's, all he does is horror. He's made some really great stuff. His favorite thing, my favorite thing of his, that he's, the favorite thing, my favorite thing of what he's made would be Midnight Mass. I know that's a bit divisive, but I really enjoyed Midnight Mass. I thought it was just, you know, a smart take on things. I really liked what he did. But I enjoyed everything. You know, he did Midnight Club, which might be the weakest. I still enjoyed it. I thought the Haunting of Hill House was great. He did some other, um, some other, like his Haunting House, like the Haunting of something else or some kind of ha- haunted house. I don't remember. But he did do the sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep, which I thought, you know, not bad. So, The Fall of the House of Usher is based on an Edgar Allan Poe story. A lot of Edgar Allan Poe references, more than I even realized, because I'm not an Edgar Allan Poe aficionado. I still think Midnight Mass is his best work. I just really enjoyed that. But this was really good. And I really like, I kind of feel like this exemplifies how how adaptations must evolve for a new medium. You know, like, people are like, oh, it didn't follow the book. It didn't follow this. Well, you have to adapt for the movie medium. It's just a different medium. Things work differently. I really liked the real world take on this where you have this pharmaceutical company. And I just thought it was like just a really nice direction to go. Very timely with, you know, what is it? The Sackler family and all that stuff. And you kind of guess how this is going to play out just with, you know, the real world tie in the Sackler family. And, you know, you kind of say, oh, the Sackler sold their souls to the devil. Well, yeah, that's a lot of what's happening in this, this show, which is, you get where it's going. But just because I knew where it was going, it never diminished the entertainment. I thought this was completely engaging. Each episode, I'm like, man, I can't wait to see what happens next. It, it's a quick watch. You just can't put it down. I thought this added just enough depth to the characters. I mean, this whole family. And the final episode did just a great job of wrapping up the plot lines and ending a really great series on a strong note. So The Fall of the House of Usher, I would recommend it. It came out, I think, back in October. Uh, but I keep meaning to talk about it. I just keep forgetting to mention, like, oh, yeah, I want to mention it because I thought it was really good. That's all I've gotten. I'm being just fresh out of November. I've been doing NaNoWriMo the whole time. I haven't really done any other projects. And I got a few going. Um, nothing big. Small stuff. Because that's always a hard part when it gets to December. My shop, it gets cold in the shop. And it's easy to start making excuses about how it's cold. I don't really want to work in the shop. But then again, when I have to or I need to, I to get it done. I throw on a sweatshirt and get it done. Uh, but sometimes it's just easy to fall into those excuses. It's on a... One thing on my list is a like reindeer decorations for outside. And I'd always thought I was going to do them in wood. But after making my metal Sasquatch, I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe metal is the ticket. Certainly a little more durable, less prone to chipping, cracking, all that stuff. And you know, if you prep it and prime it and paint it, I'm going to last a long time. Uh, either way, I'm going to make it where these reindeer are flat pack type things because I, I don't want, I can, how would I store a reindeer? I can't. So I'm... Um, Thing is some kind of like flat pack thing where it's reindeer, paint it white, maybe some lights on it, dress it up. That might be the next project. Uh, oh, I do, you know, one project, I think I've mentioned on this podcast maybe last year, maybe the year before. I've always wanted to do something altruistic for Christmas. And I've tried that a few different ways. And my first thought was, well, I want to do something anonymous because that, that way it's truly altruistic. You know, it's not me benefiting because it's altruistic. Like nobody knows what I've done. And the problem I found with that is when you try to do something completely anonymous, well, you don't know if anybody receives what you're trying to send out you don't know if they enjoyed it nothing and so that's the problem i had with this idea three years ago so last year 
I made Christmas ornaments, handmade, bespoke, worth $1,000 because I made it. And, you know, it was so time intensive. And I attached a note to these ornaments and I put a hashtag on it that I knew was not widely used, but was unique enough that people would remember it um, and it wouldn't get mixed up. And I checked, you know, I put these things out, I kind of dispersed them into the world, left them so that someone would pick them up anonymously, and I hope somebody get joy out of it. When I looked for that hashtag, not a single hashtag. And then back in February, I was like, oh, you know what? Let me check that hashtag. Like, it's been a long time. At this point, people take down Christmas decorations, so they put them up and they're taking them down. Maybe they still see the tag on this ornament and they'll hashtag it. Not a single hashtag. And so I've revamped this plan of trying to be altruistic for Christmas. Instead of trying to do something for strangers nice since they don't seemingly appreciate it, I'm going to, again, make Christmas ornaments. I made them on the lathe last year. That was a lot of fun. I'm going to make Christmas ornaments again. I'm just going to give them away freely to people I know, people in my different social circles. Um, and I hope people don't take them just because it's free. I hope they take them because they want them. And I may give them a little disclaimer like, hey, if, you don't, if you're not fully committed to wanting this ornament, it's fine. It won't hurt my feelings. Because if you take it and you don't really want it, you're taking it away from somebody else that may really want it. Because there's only going to be a limited number. And I don't quite know how many to make. Because I'd like, like for me that I make enough where whoever wants one gets one. But that's a lot of ornaments. And I don't know how many I want to make. It took me a while last year. I mean, this year I have a better handle. I've done it before. I think I'm going to make all Christmas tree type shapes. I mean, last year I started, never used a wood lathe. I just repaired one. I wanted to use it. And I think my first, the first quote unquote ornament I made looked like a carrot. Didn't look good. I was like, all right, I got to get better at this. And I got better at it. And I kind of got a groove of what I was making, what I wanted to make. And I thought it came out really well. But... I don't know, man. Part of me feels like it's a little bit selfish to, I want to know somebody got these things and like them and enjoy them. Uh, it does feel a little selfish and that feels counter to me trying to be altruistic. But I kind of joke with my friends that I don't know if somebody picked these ones up and got enjoying that or somebody else just threw them in the trash because they're like, what's this crap, you know, out and about? You know, this is somebody selling their wares. Who knows? And so I kind of just wonder if somebody just threw it away. But uh, I just wanted... I wanted to know one person enjoyed it, liked it, it was good. Oh, you know, is this the... No, I think this is the third time I've tried this project. So I'm going to try it this way. Try Anonymous, just, it's not working for me. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I need to get on it because that's the, like, last year. I was like, oh, man, I was in a rush last year because it's like, wow, it's go time. So I got to get on that. That is, that's a project. And we're going to see how that works out. Hopefully, I mean, I feel like it can't be any worse than the other years because other years have felt like abject failures. So I think this one should be better. We're going to hope. That's all I got. I'll talk to you next time, and you can count on that. This has been another rousing episode of Fridays on the Fly. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Ward. Go to our website, fridaysonthefly.com. From there, you can find everything. Episodes, iTunes links, Stitcher, whatever you need from Fridays on the Fly, you can find it there. So go there, check us out. <laughs>